Scripture reading today is from the sixth chapter of John, verses 5 through 15. <coughs> when he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for all these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about 5,000 in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled twelve baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. When Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy God, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. I really hope you all had a good Thanksgiving. Did you? Good? Yes. Fair, at least? Yeah, good. Um, we had a delightful Thanksgiving at the Dillon house. All four of our kiddos and their families were at our house. So if you're wondering, that was eight adults, two moody preteens, three little girls, one baby, three dogs, one 12-week-old puppy, and one grumpy cat, who did indeed scratch little girls that did not heed warnings about the grumpy cat. It was delightful, chaotic, messy, loud. And I miss it already. And I quote Jimbo, who, by the way, has had bronchitis this whole time, and I'm pretty sure he has pneumonia now. I'm sending him back to the doctor. Um, after everyone left in a whirlwind of finding shoes, packing cars, giving hugs and kisses, coming back in for things that they forgot, giving another round of hugs and kisses, now when it was all over, Jim looked at me and said, now what? <laughs> 
after the celebration of the overplanned meals, the visits and the cuddles and the stories and the games and the laughter and the sharing of what we're thankful for and clinking cheers with plastic cups of sparkling cider, once it's all over, now what? What is left over after the holidays? Leftovers for many of us, right? <laughs> Although all that is left over at our house is a pretty picked on turkey carcass. Sorry, can you say carcass in church? I guess I just did. Um, and an extra pumpkin pie I made just in case. You know, three pumpkin pies seemed like maybe not quite enough, but it, but it was. Our scripture today is about leftovers too. Did you catch it? It's a small, deep detail, but it's so important in this story that we've heard a thousand and one times. The crowd that has followed Jesus is hungry. 5,000 people. It's kind of what I feel like when there's all those people at my house and I don't like to cook. <laughs> what do I do? They're hungry. What, what's going to happen? They are far away from markets or places to get lunch. So Jesus sends the disciples out into the crowd to scout. But all they're able to conjure up is one small boy's lunch. But Jesus knows, the story says, already what he's going to do. And he invites everyone to sit down in the grassy place. And in foreshadowing of his last meal, gives thanks for this meager offering of fish and bread. And after giving thanks, Jesus distributes the food more than enough for everyone with 12 baskets of food left over. 5,000 people, and there are 12 baskets full of leftovers. It's not a new idea that perhaps having borne witness to the generosity of the boy giving his lunch for others and the act of Jesus giving thanks for tiny morsels in a, of food in a sea of over 5,000 people, that the people in the crowd themselves might have been moved, transformed even, from people that were saving their own scrap of food to a community that was willing to share what they had. And from under cloaks and out of bags suddenly appeared dates and nuts, salted meats and crusts of bread, bags of water and wine. And together with the gratitude of Jesus leading them, all were fed with leftovers. If they had had tables to push back from, they would have, with deep sighs and belly pats, with satisfaction and thanksgiving for a nurturing and filling meal.
Did you know today is a pivotal moment in the life of our church? At least for the church year. So we and Christians all over the globe are celebrating Christ the King Sunday or Reign of Christ Sunday. It is the final celebration of the year, at least for the church's liturgical calendar. It's New Year's Eve in some ways, in the liturgical sense, the culmination of all that has been before, ticking over the clock and starting anew with the season of Advent and preparing once again for the birth of Christ. And now this day, we celebrate the past year that we have walked alongside Christ from birth to death to resurrection. So I wonder what lessons we take from the past year. What blessings have we known? What troubles have we seen? What have we discovered that needs to be shared or taken forward into the crisp new year of our faith? What is left over? that must be shared in the new year. Nadia Bowles-Weber looks at our scripture this way. Maybe the mistake the disciples made wasn't only that they forgot how God works, but also that they forgot that they too were hungry. They defaulted to, what do I have, rather than, what do I need, and is that also what the people in front of me need? The disciples seem to forget that their own personal need for bread and not their own personal resources was the thing that qualified them to participate in the miracle of feeding thousands with nothing on hand. It was not their cooking skills. It was not their ability to preach enough law that they guilted everyone into sharing. It was their own deep hunger, which exactly matched that of the crowd. How often do we forget this ourselves? And this need you and I have for Jesus. It's not a scarce resource. The need for forgiveness and love and mercy has no limit. Let that be our nothing from which God creates real miracles. And so with the scripture, we close this year being reminded of miracles. Forgot my phone which has a, a little thing that actually my cousin, um, who is also preaching today about gratitude and thanksgiving, um, wrote on Facebook a couple of days ago. This coming Sunday is the last Sunday of the Christian year. We are moving from a time of abundance into a time where the world is preparing on winter where we rely on the promises that the world will awaken again to new life. At the end of what we've known, as we step out into a future we do not see, we must take on faith and be grateful. Can we be different than this coming year? Can we be moved by the suffering of the world but not overcome by it? Can we be changed into people who not only hope, but who share hope 
with others? Can we be transformed by the gratitude that lives in our hearts in small moments and make sure there's some left over for the rest of our time without worry that there's not enough? I share a prayer called On Gratitude. And I invite you to just take a deep breath and pray and listen. To pause and give thanks is to pay attention to the parts of living that bring delight, turn us from what destroys and make life rich whatever else may also be. This practice of intentional remembering helps realign our perspective with the whole truth of our lives. When bitterness or fear or grief become the whole view, gratitude points us to the beauty, also, and the love, anyway, and the simple pleasures that surround our steady companions in life's complexities. We honor the sacred, we honor each other, we honor the earth and our creaturely companions when we remember this web of life that holds us, all its terrors, all its gifts. Gratitude paired with denial about all that calls for mending and repair will not satisfy for long. But gratitude that is alive to all that is, a sibling of sorrow, cousin of rage, so aware of the ache and the loss and injustice, but still seeing cause to pray, thank you, thank you, thank you, is to feast on the nourishment of God. May we remember this year past the miracles, the nourishment, and may there be enough left over to begin again. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.